Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good Friday morning to everybody out there in the listening world. I'm your host, Brian Pruitt. I've got three fabulous folks here for a fabulous Friday morning. We're going to start with our first guest with Anna Christine Bouillet, who is with Al Simply Design, who's just an incredible designer, incredible person. The object of this show, if you don't know, it's positive things happen in your community. So you'll get to listen over the next several weeks and however long this goes for people doing positive things in the community. So Anna, tell me a little bit about Al Simply Design. Well, thank you, Brian, for your kind words. Al Simply Design was born out of a love for being creative and wanting to be my own boss. So if I want to take a nap in the middle of the day, I can. And I do a little bit of everything. I was always told to niche down, and instead I did the complete opposite. I do graphic design, branding design. I help authors brand themselves and publish self-publish their books, as well as organizing and helping seniors find a if their home is still going to work for them as an aging in place specialist. Awesome. So what did you do first before you get onto this? What made you decide you wanted to, to start this new venture? Well, I started off, my degrees are actually in interior architecture, and I thought I was going to go into healthcare design, focusing on seniors. And then the market crashed, and God laughed and said, move back to Cartersville. And I went kicking and screaming the entire way. And after um, two years of taking care of my grandmother before she passed, I got a job as a carpet designer. And I basically designed <laughs> carpet for hotels and country clubs all over the world. But I designed a lot of ugly carpet. No offense, but it was a lot of ugly carpet. <laughs> and eventually my heart just wasn't in it. And then the pandemic hit and... I walked away from my job and decided to do an organizing business in the middle of a pandemic, thinking I'm going to go into people's homes. God laughed again because he and I do that. And then um, after pivoting and asking God, okay, what do you want me to do? He said, you love to design, design stuff. And so I design stuff and help people, especially small businesses, find a way to look professional on a small business budget. Awesome. So I have to ask, what is with the owl? So my great-grandmother collected owls. She had this huge bookcase in her house that only my sister and I were allowed to play with. And so they were always like in the background. And when my grandmother found passed away we were having an estate sale and there was this ornate owl lamp sitting there to be sold and this lady picked it up and as she picked it up something welled up inside of me 
to rip that lamp out of that woman's hands because it was mine and she couldn't have it. And thankfully for her safety, she set it back down and I went over and grabbed it and said, this is mine. And my love of owls began at that moment. <laughs> so does that have anything to do with, you didn't go to Kennesaw State. So you're not a fighting owl. You're just a, an owl lover. Yes, I, I'm an in-the-closet owl lover oh, for nice. a long time. Nice. I went to Agnes Scott College. We were Scotty dogs. And then to Georgia State. I don't remember what the mascot is for Georgia State. Oh, that's bad. Are they going to kick Panther, me out? Panthers. 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 Yes, they might um, take back my degree at this point. Um, I'm I'm sorry, any Georgia State fans. Go Panthers. So I know just you you and I have uh, started working together recently, and you have a, a heart for helping people. And I'll ask you about that in a second. But the other thing that I want to talk to you about, which is really really cool, is you're also an author. Yes, I am. And so I want to want you to talk a little bit about the the books you've written, you got, the ones you've got going on, what's about ready to come out, and, and why are you doing that? Oh, I'm an author because apparently I did not speak very much as a child. I was very shy, and I stored up those words, and they just came out on paper instead. Um, when I was um, taking care of my grandmother after she passed in February, I still didn't have a job. And I was like, Lord, what do I do? And he said, write a book. And I thought, I got the time. I can do that. So I wrote my first novel in nine weeks. It was almost 200,000 words. So I had saved up a lot. And then I spent the next four years editing that novel because it took me a while to be able to release it enough to cut out words that weren't really needed. You have to lose some of that emotional attachment especially for a first novel. And then I wrote three more and decided to publish all three within three months. Don't do that, people. That Probably the fifth dumbest thing I've done in my life was publishing three novels in three months. And once I wrote that first novel, though, the ideas just came. And um, so I have two series now. The first is the Grace series. They are contemporary Christian romance novels set in Cartersville and Marietta. I actually mention local places, landmarks. And then my second series, um, I published my first one in 2021. It's a cozy mystery series. And the second one is supposed to come out in April. It's written. I just need to edit it. Find time in my busy schedule to do that. And I have at least ideas for eight more books for that series. And how can folks find your books? I am on Amazon. Um, you can find paperback copies there, as well as Kindle books and the Nook, all of those audiovisual, not audiovisuals, ebooks. E-books. Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. So I mentioned uh, a little bit ago that you have a, a heart for helping people and you and I are partnering up. You're helping me with a lot of my graphics, my events and everything like that. So um, I want to thank you for that, first of all. But also, you know, in today's society, there's a lot of negative happening. And that's another reason I'm doing this show is part of more positive out in the world. So why is it important for you, especially even as a small business and, and share why other small businesses should be involved with not necessarily even just charity events, but just community events. Why, why is that important? I think it's very easy to say, I'm not going to help. Um, it's too big of a problem or it's 
not going to make a difference or it's going to cost me something. The That's the easy part. Actually doing something, helping, being um, a positive outlook in the community, that takes effort. That takes guts. That takes courage. And I want to be known as a couraging, a courageous, butt-kicking, small business ninja warrior. And I think helping people, especially in my community, helps me. If people around me are happy, then that gives me an extra reason to smile. And it's fun to find the positive in someone in the situation. When you start doing it often enough, it becomes natural and a lot easier. But it takes work to get to that point. And I think your your day goes a lot better. Like you said, it's just, it is fun. And when you're around a lot of fun people, it just can't help but, you know, have a fun atmosphere. So uh, real quick, how can folks get a hold of you if they want to talk to you about doing any kind of branding, design, anything of that nature? So they can reach out on owlsimplydesign.com, O-W-L, design, no, owlsimplydesign.com. And then if you're interested in my books, my writing website is acboulier.com. And I'd love to talk to anybody to see if there's a way to help them, even if it's not with me. Awesome. Anna, do you mind sticking around while we talk to these other two fabulous folks? I would love to. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming. All right. We're moving on now to Miss Ann Say. Um, actually it was fun the other night I got to, or the other day I got to sing for a ribbon cutting and I, I know Richie say you say me. So that was kind of, kind of fun. <laughs> uh, but, and actually she does a lot of things, but she's known now for being a, a visual storyteller with her photography, but we'll get into some of the other folks that she does, but, and so welcome to the show. Thank you. And, uh, you, have said, uh, what we were talking before the show started, you're fairly new to the area. So tell us where you came from and how you got here. Oh, I can't, you know, we, we're going to be a year here, um, next week. It's very exciting. I can't believe it's a year already, but we came from the, the outreaches of Cobb County, um, Powder Springs area and, um, just very excited to have some space to spread our wings and grow and, um, what I like to say, make space for life to happen. Awesome. So, um, as I mentioned, you, you do a lot of things. You come from a background of, uh, being a special ed teacher, Mm -hmm. right? You've also been a speaker, a faith-based speaker. Um, you do some health coaching as well. Uh, you do your photography and you're also an author. So, and you have a heart for community and helping people as well. So, um, let me start with, um, your photography, because that's what you've really gotten into. And that seems to be your, your passion and your joy at the moment. Um, how did you go from being a special ed teacher to a speaker and now being a photographer? Oh, yeah, that's a circuitous journey, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. So I was a special ed teacher for 20 years and my 20th year, I met my current husband. Um, he had heard me speak and when we knew we were getting married, he made the comment, you, you need to stop doing that. That's not what you're called to do in this season. And um, he actually wanted me to retire before we got married. And I refused 
because I thought, well, the kids are going to just really push back on that, you know. And um, as it happened, eight weeks into our marriage, my mother passed away. So I did retire at that point and um, just kind of took some time to grieve and breathe and adjust to being married and living in this huge house that I now had to clean. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, um, and, and just losing my mom. So it was a big life change for me. And, um, so in that process, I kind of just got to explore at a deeper level who I am and, and what I really wanted to do, what, what made me come alive. And, um, in that journey, I had written a, a list of things, of dreams, you know, places I wanted to go, people I wanted to see, things I wanted to have. And my husband didn't realize it, but on that list was a digital camera. Because as a single mom, my everything went to the kids. You know, they were the ones getting the cameras, and they were the ones, you know, exploring their dreams, as it should be. Um, and one day he said to me, why don't we get you a digital camera? And he did, and, and my whole world kind of changed and transformed and um and so I started taking pictures, and I just would take pictures of anything and everything. And my camera is like my infant. It goes with me wherever I go, and I try not to leave it places. Um, <laughs> but um, it really has opened my eyes to the world, to seeing people and things um, behind, as Anna and I were sharing earlier, behind the shiny objects. Um, so it helps me to be present to look deeper, um, to see farther, uh, and to see differently. Awesome. One of the things that Ann talks about is how being able to help you look good. Now she's taken a lot of pictures of me stone, but I don't know that I'm still that Tom Cruise looking in the picture. So I don't know. We've got some work to do with me on that. <laughs> well, whatever can be done, Miss Anna can get it yes. done. I know that. <laughs> right. So, um, and you were sharing earlier, there's not probably a, a picture that you can't do or or have done i know you like doing family portraits and headshots and and stuff and you came out and in, in photography or photography that's a new word and photoed the uh golf tournament that we did with mr chad over here we'll talk to you in a minute and stuff like that but you were sharing earlier of something that you wanted to do i think that's a cool story and kind of funny with your your dog Sure, oh. sure. You wanted to be a dog photographer, but share why you're not doing that. Yes. Um, so I love dogs. I don't currently have a dog. I don't have any plans to get a dog. But um, what I like to photograph are scroll-stopping images, um, which help entrepreneurs get more traction online. And dogs are scroll-stoppers. And so I thought, well, this would be a great niche for me. And so I borrowed a friend's dog, and I went over. Um, they have an adorable Boston Terrier, um, that, you know, I'm, I'm at their house and the dog's sweet. She likes to, you know, be with people. I thought this is going to be a piece of cake. So I sat down on the floor and put my camera up to my eye and the dog leaped. I, I'm sure it was like 15 feet, landed in front of me, licked my lens and slammed my whole camera into my face, cut my nose. I went home crying with my tail between my legs and thought, maybe this isn't the market for me. <laughs> what I didn't know was Molly's um, pet sitter does that. She gets on the floor and she plays and wrestles with Molly. So when I got on the floor, she thought it was playtime. So I learned my lesson. There you go. There you go. What kind of photography, if you had to choose one, is your favorite at the moment that you're doing? 
people. I, I just, I love people. Um, whether it's entrepreneurs or families, um, I just, I love photographing people. And I think it's because um, most of my life I was sort of emotionally disconnected um, for other reasons. And when that part of my heart got healed, I, I started connecting with people and, and actually liking people. So when I photograph people, I like the connection. I like um, seeing them. Um, I, I do feel like I make people look good. I'm sorry, Brian, if I've let you down. <laughs> I will work on that. I don't that. think it's you. It's I'm sure it's the person you're taking the picture of. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I really, you know, if, if it's people I love, I'm involved with a photo group out of um, Rome, Georgia, and when we take photo walks each month, I'm no matter where we are, whether it's Jackson Hill or, you know, walking downtown on the river, I am more inclined to photograph them taking pictures than I am of what we're supposed to be taking pictures of. And, um, and I, I love the story. I think that's why I'm, I call myself a visual storyteller because I love the story that, um, pictures can speak to. Awesome. So I'm assuming this time of year, you're also doing some family portraits for Christmas cards and, and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, do you have anything special that you're doing for that that you can let people know about? I do. Um, I actually have two spaces left the week before Christmas um, for family sessions. And other than that, I'm, I'm booked up for the month. So if you're in North Georgia, give me a shout. Awesome. We'll let people know how they uh, do that here in a minute, but um, a couple other things I want to touch on. The other thing I didn't mention earlier is you, you're also an artist. You do some canvas paintings and and things of that nature as well, right? You did not tell me we were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Um, I have. Yeah, that's actually how Anna and I met. Um, was in an art over art. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the other really cool thing that I want to talk about is again, you're also an author, but I think it's really cool that you've written some children's books and you've written them with your granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And first of all, how old is your granddaughter? She's currently nine. She was five when we published our first one and six with the second one. That's awesome. So can you share how that process worked and how you got her involved in doing the books? Yes. My, that particular set of grandchildren has no screen time. So books are their life. 24-7 play and imaginative play. And so when I decided I wanted to write a children's book and I'm looking at the blank screen thinking, I don't know how to do this, I thought, well, I'll just call her. Um, and so I called her up and I said, would you like to write a story with Mimi? And she said, yes. And I said, what should it be about? She said, pirates. Which interestingly enough, when you look on Amazon, pirates are like top of the list for kids' books. So they're very popular so out of my mouth comes this suggested title. How about we write about the peculiar pirates of Okefenokee? And she loved it. So I asked her some questions. You know, who are the main characters? What's the big problem? How does the big problem get solved? And she answered them um, brilliantly. There's five kid pirates. Um, the boys, every time they fight and get angry, they turn into crocodiles. And the girls help them find their way back. So I'm thinking this whole story is, you know, girls rule, boys rule, you know, <laughs> we're going to do this. And so I sent her some more questions, you know, a little bit more about the kids and what makes them laugh and what's in their book bags and tell me about their families. And um, 
<clears throat> and then I typed it because she would tell you she wrote it. I just typed it. So I typed it out. Um, it was a lot of fun. I got a friend to, to do the artwork and, um, and we really enjoyed that. And then I am, I was on the phone with her and we were celebrating the sales and some things that were happening. And, um, my daughter said to her, why don't you tell Mimi your inspiration for the book? And I said, inspiration, you're five. <laughs> and she's a good little girl. She sat in her chair and she sat up straight and tall and she looked at the FaceTime screen and, and she recited a scripture verse. And that verse says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. And then she gave the reference. And I said, oh, my goodness. She, I mean, she was brilliant. She knew how to take a truth and transform it into a story. Um, and then the next year, we published a second one, The Peculiar Pirates Have a Talent Show. Oh, that's awesome. That just goes to show you, first of all, I love it when kids put you and teach you things. Mm-hmm. And it happens a lot more than I ever would have anticipated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So that's that's really awesome. Do you have any other plans to do any any other books with her? Um, we are. We're talking about um, a chapter book where each chapter is like a different perspective on the story. Awesome. Uh, one last thing we'll touch on. We mentioned it briefly, but you also a health coach. Coach, you like helping people kind of feel better. Um, touch on that just for a minute. Um, well, I was struggling in my own health um, for years, not sleeping well. Um, gaining weight instead of losing. I could think about food and gain a couple pounds. And um, I found um, low glycemic meal plans, which um, are easy to do. Um, They kind of work with your body instead of um, making a diet approach, really kind of changing how you think about food. And and I lost 30 pounds in three months and started sleeping through the night, I think on night four – um, it really changed my life, but what it really did transformationally was made me aware of, of um, unhealthy relationships I had with food and how I use food as a coping when I'm overwhelmed um, and just continued to let that part of my heart heal. So I like helping other people. I like um, including their health and the way they eat in that. Awesome. So we just talked with – and about a lot of things that she does for folks. Um, why is it important to you to be involved in the community and, and helping others? The biggest reason why it's important to me is, um, as I mentioned, I was so emotionally disconnected for decades. And um, you really, you can't live a thriving life apart from community. Um, and the freedom that I have found in um, finding passions, finding the joy in relationships, I want to give back and help others. And I feel like at the grassroots level in in local community is the way to do that. Awesome. So if folks want to get a hold of you about any of the things that you can do for them, whether it's art, whether it's photography, whether it's uh, the health, um, how can they do that? I hang out on Facebook and Instagram predominantly. So my name makes it really easy, Ann B. Say, or simply Ann Say. Um, is really the best way to reach me. But if you're looking for photography and say photography.com is um, where I hang out with my pictures. And where can they find your, your books on Amazon? Yep. Awesome. And be say. 
Awesome. Well, Ann, thank you for, for being here as well and everything that you do. Do you mind hanging out while we talk to this, this next fella? I'd be glad to. All right. So my next guest is Chad Blake. Chad and I have known each other for, can you believe it's been almost 15 years? Yeah. But that could be good or bad. I mean, depending on how you look at it. So, Yeah, it has its moments. Right, right. So real quick, Chad and I met. I was working for a, a little sports marketing company called Score Atlanta, and Chad was helping with a big Toys for Tots event that they do. This, uh, this group put on every year, and so we got involved, and that's how Chad and I met. So uh, Chad is another person who just really loves getting involved in the community and helping others, and he does that. Uh, several different ways, but two of the ways that I want to touch on, uh, first of all, is your angel auctions. Um, you know, you, you provide nonprofits with this other way for helping raise money. And, uh, just first of all, share what angel auctions does specifically and then how you got really involved doing that. Yeah. I appreciate it, Brian. Uh, first off, two amazing women that, came before me. Um, so things you guys are involved with, I just, I got up and showered this morning. I felt like that was an accomplishment. We appreciate that too. Yeah. Right? I mean, a, you know, smaller room in here. So, you know, We're grateful. Out, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things, and it has been, it's been almost 20 years since I started this, at least on a part-time basis. And it just, it came from a passion that I was fortunate enough that my parents started me with special needs and special Olympics and really being inclusive before it was kind of popular, whether it was individuals through the church, everybody, you know, just because they were different didn't mean that there was something necessarily wrong with them. And that was something that was instilled in me from a young age. So working with nonprofits was something I always loved doing. Um, I did a lot in my high school with our church and our outreach whether it was up in the mountains, um, helping build homes up there underneath homes with rocks and stones on the side of a mountain is a little scary thinking about it now when I was 15 to 16. Uh, but even on to college, uh, did a program called uh, uh, Best Buddies, which was helping special needs. Still one of my favorite charities. I actually just got a couple shirts for the kids uh, to help support their efforts. But it's just uh, it kind of spawned right after I graduated college. 9-11 happened, so it was not the best time to be going into the market, especially building secondary homes. I come from a real estate construction background. It's something my father was always real big in helping Habitat for Humanity and stuff like that. So it was kind of an easy transition to help on the side. But finally, when the market crashed again, um, you know, sometimes it just happens and, you know, it's out of your control. I, I saw somebody was helping charities. Uh, he actually owned a card shop, which is far and few between nowadays. And I, I kind of saw an opening to help with charity events and work with nonprofits as well. I love sports. Um, one of the Falcons we were actually helping build for, she kind of opened my eyes. Hey, I know you like sports. Do you have something maybe can help us add to it? I said, yeah, we can do something. And I kind of saw there was a market there. Nobody was actually doing the true fundraising. In fact, nobody but us through Angel Auctions is specifically just for fundraising. I don't have a store. We don't sell anything, you know, outright, except for maybe helping with a gift or two. Um, you can look in my garage and my basement and you can see exactly <laughs> where everything is. 
Um, the wife doesn't always like it, but you know, it's something that I've created a big passion for and it's been awesome the way it's expanded. My biggest client is actually turned into the Braves Foundation. We do about 40 events a year with them through the Gwinnett Stripers, Rome Braves, um, other events that they have, plus different nonprofits, whether it's a small nonprofit around town. Uh, we just helped an individual, and I know we're going to get experiences too, um, that had ALS, and unfortunately he's going downhill fast. And it was something that we brought him to a Georgia game. Then we did an auction for him with the polar bear plunge. And that was a local thing. And we were able to raise about $1,500 for the family. And, and that's huge for something like that. Uh, you know, they just got helped with the wheelchair, motorized wheelchair. They just got a vehicle donated. It's going to help, you know, create some of the expenses there that they've had. And so whether it's small, whether it's a big group like the Braves or, you know, a lot of the various cancer charities that we help with, you know, it's uh, if it's a good cause, I always say we're going to do our best to help out. We do provide free auction items uh, for the nonprofits. We bring everything out we from bid sheets. Uh, and it's a lot of sports stuff. Sports and experiences are always some of the most popular. We'll have tickets uh, depending on the time of year as well that we auction off. Jewelry, nothing too crazy. We're in Georgia, not New York. So a lot of our stuff – the majority of our stuff starts under $100 with the bid. So it's something that everybody can bid on. We also do fossils and relics and really just anything you can't walk into Walmart and find. Uh, so it's unique stuff. This time of year, end of our auctions, it's a lot of Christmas gifts, which is always kind of fun. You know, it, it's again, it's stuff that they usually can't get their hands on. The autographs are getting harder and harder and harder to get. So, you know, I'm able through some of my sources, uh, sometimes I stay in the line like everybody else. We're brave season ticket holders and, you know, had to pay for the autographs there too. But, you know, it's something that uh, I love doing. It keeps me around sports, uh, keeps me around people and, uh, you know, helping a good cause. So over, well, you said almost 20 years doing the auctions, right? Correct. How many nonprofits do you think you've worked with in that time period? Last count was just over 500. Awesome. So, uh-huh. so because of that, um, you decided in 2017, I believe that because of doing this, you had an idea to start your own nonprofit. I know we talked a little bit of this when we were on stone show back in September, uh, but share about experiences foundation, why you started it and what you do. Yeah, it was something that, we officially, I guess, got our 501c3 in 2018, um, which I highly recommend if anybody's starting a nonprofit, use a nonprofit attorney. It costs about $400, the best $400 I ever spent. I filled out two pages. They handled the rest. And we got our number back in six weeks, uh, which is great to give people for write-offs. And it was just one of those things that we had been doing it. Um, another nonprofit that kind of sparked this um, idea of helping with Experiences Foundation, her, her quote, I always said, what's your goal? She said that I don't come out of pocket anymore from personal. And I was like, you know what? That's because we were spending a lot of money out of our own pocket, which is great. Um, but I wanted to be able to do more. And so we came up with the idea, a couple different things that happened with my family and friends. 
um, that spawned the idea. In fact, one of them's so crazy we could spend an hour. I you may just have to bring her on. She's out of Alabama, and the craziness of her family. But long story short, we brought her and her three kids to a game, and. I went down, I was getting the kids some swag and came back up and she's crying to my wife and I'm looking at her going, what did you do? <laughs> and, you know, she was, she said, this is the first time that I felt safe. Um, and there's a big background. I don't want to get into it. I mean, she is seriously going to write a book. Um, but uh, her husband was, had gone a little crazy and she was kind of on the run and had two different Facebooks. So it was, again, it's a, it's a much bigger story, but, uh, it was the first time that she really felt that they were safe. Her kids were having fun. They didn't have to worry about anything. And it was that idea of creating that experience to just take somebody's mind off, even if it's just for a day, you know, I've always said, whether it's, we bring them fishing, we've did one. Uh, the mom was going through dad, went back their Hispanic family, went back to Mexico um, to work there, ironically, and she was left. She had cancer and was raising three kids on her own. All she wanted to do was go bowling with her family. So that was an easy thing. We brought them Stars and Strikes, had a great day up there, had fun doing that. So sometimes our experiences are small like that. Sometimes, like uh, the one we did with the ALS family, you know, that was something that was brought to me through uh, actually my ex. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not always on the greatest of terms, but uh, this has actually been a good thing. And it was something I worked with UGA and we, we do actually auctions for them and their baseball program as well. But I was able to get in. They were able to get us on the field before the game. You know, he's in a wheelchair. So to get down there and he is a huge dogs fan, whether you agree with it or not. Um, but you know, they're having an awesome season. He was, we got him there for the Georgia, Georgia tech game and he was on the field and he broke down in tears when the coach came by Kirby smart. And fist bumped him. And, and, and Kirby, I'll give him credit. He spent a couple seconds the best he could with every single fan on that row. Um, he started crying. The family started crying. I started tearing up and laughing because I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, but it, when, if I get happy tears, I'm okay. Um, you know, and then we ended up enjoying the game. And something that was ironic, there was one of the um, security guys that was there uh, he's in a wheelchair as well at a room, and we actually did an experience for him. He lost his father. He was a big Georgia and Braves fan. He works the Rome Braves. That's how I connected to him. He was actually working there that gate. And so we walked in, and right next to the, the family with the Griffin family was his best friend. So it was just – it was a small world. And it was amazing how everything came together. There's no such thing as coincidences. <laughs> it was just – but, it, you know, again, it's just I had a smile on my face, you know, even though the Jackets were getting beat down that day, you know, but it was just such a great, great event. Um, you know, stuff like that. I just I love doing. Again, it's something that they're going to remember, you know, for the rest of their lives. I brought over, you know, pictures. I had canvases done for them to hang in their family. I brought them to them yesterday, presented them actually with a $500 check from the auction we did as well. And he cried again and, you know, we all teared up and, you know, had a good laugh about it. But, you know, it's, it's those things that, you know, he's got a wonderful family and just love doing it again, whether it's something small or something big like that, you know, this time of year, we're helping a lot of families. We do a lot of stocking stuff or stuff. Uh, Santa for seniors I always say, you know, a lot of people kind of forget about them. 
just all they really want typically is stuff to stay warm. So whether it's socks or blankets, you know, we're always helping take donations. Um, again, what we spoke about on the, our golf tournament was very successful this year, teaming up with uh, Aces Youth Home, which is a foster group up in Jasper. But we're able to raise a lot of money. Um, I sent a $1,000 check over to the Birmingham area and the young lady I was speaking about at the Braves game. And they're expanding um, kind of efforts through experiences. They, they have their own focus that they're trying to do. But uh, we're going to help create some Christmas gifts for a few families over there that uh, otherwise wouldn't have it. So, you know, I was, I was thrilled to do that. You know, she's working on getting me pictures and everything and they got the family. They already know what, who they're going to help. So, you know, I always say if we got it, we'll, we'll do that and we'll do our best to help out. That's awesome. Yeah. We could have a whole show just on some of the other experiences you've done. Um, can you brief, there's two that I do want you to, to highlight as well. Can you briefly talk about the young man you did with the Atlanta United as well as the kind of the, the person who kind of, kind of puts you over the edge? young man who was the Braves fan that wind up passing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously when you're helping certain causes, you know, the end result is not always the best. Um, you know, and that's something that's tough, you know, when you get close to certain people. Um, it, fortunately, too, we, you know, we have the good outcomes. Uh, the Atlanta United game was actually a young man here in Cherokee County. His family were – they were missionaries overseas – and he grew up there. Like he was used to living over there. I can't remember which it was a, it was an Asian country and obviously it was a poor section, but that was his life. He knew it. So coming back to the States for him, even as a citizen was all treatment for his cancer, brain tumor in his head. And he just, he hated it. So, and everything kind of reminded him. So I actually met his mom and long story short, huge soccer fan. And I was able to get, again, it's, it's getting good connections into the right people. I was trying to get in with Atlanta United to do something for him. It was actually one of the players I met at the time who passed it on and passed my card on. So, I mean, again, not necessarily a coincidence, you know, sometimes God has his own plan. Yep. And I was able to get a call from the right person and said, Hey, we're actually doing um, a group of uh, cancer survivors and young men and women um, for a game specifically. That was what they were doing. And they had to focus up on the big screen. But what they were able to do was they got this young man. And I told him, I said, when you come out of this tunnel, you're going to look up and you're going to go, oh, my gosh, this place is huge. And that was the first thing he looked around and he smiled at me and he goes, this place is huge. <laughs> and I was like, I said, yeah. I said, it's going to keep filling up. But we were able to get on the field beforehand, literally sit where the players sat, uh, while they were warming up. And then he was at the time, and I don't know if it's happened since, but he was the first non-official to flip the coin before a game. And he was nervous as all get out. We had to find a coin. Nobody carries change like they used to for him to practice ahead of time because he was sweating it. Um, but long story short, uh, you know, he did it. It was awesome. I mean, it was just a great, great experience. The players came up, talked to him. You know, again, he got swag. Then we got to stay at the game and, you know, watch the game. Uh, he is, he's in remission, full remission. He's graduated awesome. high school now. Uh, the family, funny enough, lives like five, not even five minutes away from me now because they built a home close to uh, where we moved a couple years ago. So, 
you know, it's again, with, uh, she came out to our first golf tournament and spoke, you know, very highly about what we did. And that, that always makes me feel good because obviously it made an impact. Um, and then one of the others, uh, this one, you know, is not necessarily as positive in some ways, but this is one thing that really, it, it breaks my heart talking about it, but it was a young man who was a hard worker, blue collar, um, lived in a trailer. That's how he grew up, you know, just straight from high school, you know, to working. He ended up in the job that he did, they believe, uh, ended up giving him cancer. And it spread completely to his body. He was, I think, late 20s when he was diagnosed. And he was brought to Emory because it was the only place that had treatment because he was out of Augusta. And they brought him there. Um, sorry. And it was just uh, we, we had teamed up with another nonprofit at the time. This is before experiences. And, um, you know, we, we took him to – the movies one time and literally just walking through the parking lot, his skin was on fire because the sun was out because of the medicine. He was a diehard Braves game or fan, never been to a game. We're able to bring him and the other founder of the other nonprofit and his wife to the game, gave him a Braves hat and he wore it. The, I mean, every time since then he actually goes home in remission and couple days later, while I was in Augusta, passes out. They rush him back to Emory. It was really complications from the medicines and everything that he was on. Had just unfortunately tore up his insides. And he was basically given three days at most. Um, and he lay there. He actually had the hat on the whole time he was in there. My wife took uh, the kids out at the time they were elementary age. And brought them, uh, you know, just helped them buy gifts because just something fun. Again, take their mind off of what was going on. They never got that experience. You know, was, my kids are so spoiled, it's ridiculous. Um, in fact, they're not even getting a toy this year because I'm like, y'all have too many you don't play with. We're doing experiences not through the nonprofit. But, you know, just something they'll remember, um, you know, which I think is more, more meaningful. But, you know, it's something um, – you know, it, the other thing was his mom and dad were there, and they didn't have money to pay for a hotel. And my wife said, you're not going anywhere. She booked him a hotel right next door. They were able to stay there, got up the next morning. He passed that morning. And if and if we hadn't done that with the hotel, they wouldn't have seen him. Um, and I was in the room there. That was the first time I really had kind of witnessed something like that. And obviously that stays with you. Um, but to think back, we stayed in touch with the family. The kids have graduated, which always makes me feel old. Well, uh, you are. Well, that is true. <laughs> yeah. The, the gray and white will tell you that, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something that spawn, you know, again, helped with that idea of sometimes you just do the smallest things that may not mean a ton at the time, but again, just that stuff that they've appreciated. I mean, the kids still remember us, you know? Talk to us again. Social media is great for that kind of stuff. Not for everything, but definitely for that kind of stuff and keeping up with pictures. And, you know, um, it's, it's those two stories are really, you know, what started it. Um, and obviously not all of them are that extreme. Um, but again, it's, we love doing it. Um, you know, and we're looking forward to now that we're past the pandemic stuff that we can get out there and do more stuff and, you know, really give back, finally able to get into like the, 
senior centers this year because obviously that was a big no-no before because half the time they just want somebody to talk to for a couple minutes. You know, kids sing. We've done that in the past too and hand out the stocking. So um, definitely, you know, some fun things. What I think is really cool too with, with experiences is you can partner with other nonprofits and help them with experiences, which is, which is really cool. Uh, two other things that I'll touch on, uh, real quick that you don't really promote or advertise very much, but it's a way you can help other people as well is you're also a realtor. I am. Um, and you're also an ordained minister. Minister. Yeah. I've married a handful of people. In fact, just did. One about a month ago uh, on the lake, and funny enough, I didn't realize at first, but he was the son. Again, I knew him when he was an elementary school kid, but he was the son. Now he's a police officer with a kid and uh, ended up marrying them, but it was a, a friend of the son of a friend of ours. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, stuff like that. I just, again, I just love doing, you know. That's awesome. So, uh Real quick, how can folks, how can a nonprofit get a hold of you if you want to talk to you about an auction? How can somebody get a hold of you for an experience or if they won't need a person to officiate a wedding and if they need help getting a house? How can folks get a hold of you? Well, maybe I do a lot more. Yes. Okay, I'm right here with the women now. I'll just have Brian come in here. And, <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, anybody wants a free auction, again, they're 100% free and um, we do all the work and just write you a check at the end. But myangelauctions.com or .org. And then through Experiences Foundation, if you have anybody or you're looking for help, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you. So whether it's through, you know, again, our social media, mainly Facebook, uh, but you can also find us at experiencesfoundation.org. And then real estate's through Blake Realty and Tin Roof Realty here locally. Um, again, it's, you know, it's something I love helping people, especially first-time buyers, or people who are confused, I've, you know, I've been on the mortgage side, the real estate side, you know, even the construction side. So I understand enough probably to be dangerous, but at the same point, I do have the knowledge. Uh, Cause if I don't know it, I'm going to put you to the right people to do. And that's, it's great to have a team, people that support you like Brian, you know, and I'm sure we'll do something together too. But um, you know, it's uh and then what was, oh, the, and anything on angel weddings as well, if you need help. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of the kind of quick, sometimes it's just me and the other two people. Um, but you know, it's, uh, again, it's, it's kind of a way to help and get out there. And, uh, I just love to help in the community. So. Awesome. Well, Chad, I appreciate you being here. So, uh, I'm excited because 2023 I do obviously fundraising and I've got a lot of events and all three of these folks are partnering with me doing something at the events. So this is pretty exciting. So I don't know about you stone, but I'm pretty pumped and, and inspired by the three folks we just talked to. Well, so am I, this is a fantastic show. I can't wait to keep doing this. This is going to be marvelous. And I'm looking forward to participating in all these activities that are coming up, man. Yeah. It's uh, you know, so a lot, of, a lot of exciting guests coming up over the next several episodes. Yeah. Um, but I just appreciate the three of you taking your time this morning to come out and, uh, I look forward to doing stuff with you guys. So all of you out there listening, let's remember it's a fabulous Friday. Go out and be positive and charitable. <laughs>